Let's get medicated. Let's get medicated. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode three of the Eye on IR podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Liam Smith. And with the temperatures rising, snow melting, the sounds of birds chirping through our quarantined walls, it is officially that time that every other year aside from 2020 refers to as baseball season. In this episode, we'll get into the hugely relevant topic and controversy in the sport of baseball, something that's taking over the diamond at all levels, from Little League to the league. This episode is all about reconstruction of the ulnar collateral ligament, also known as Tommy John surgery. Luis Severino is going to have Tommy John surgery. The Red Sox announced that Chris Sale will undergo Tommy John surgery. A big blow for the Mets organization. Starter Noah Syndergaard will undergo Tommy John surgery. We'll get into the injury, surgery, and rehab. Players who have returned from Tommy John and players who haven't. And finally, we'll focus in on three of the latest aces to go under the knife. Luis Severino, Chris Sale, and Noah Syndergaard. Once upon a time, when a pitcher tore their UCL, it was like the end of the road. They really didn't have any options to rehab or recover. But in 1974, Dr. Frank Job of the Dodgers created and performed the first UCL reconstruction on a pitcher named, shockingly, Tommy John. And from that day forward, baseball would never be the same. But before we get into the surgery itself, a little bit of background on the UCL and anatomy of the arm. So the UCL is so relevant because it works essentially like it's the ACL of the arm. It's located on the inner or medial side of both elbows with your palms facing up, that is. And it's one of the ligaments that connects the ulna, one of your wrist bones, to the humerus or the bone of your upper arm. And it's so important in pitchers especially because it's what keeps your elbow stable during that last part of the throwing motion. When a pitcher whips their hand down, generating that pitch speed, the power, and releasing the ball at the same time. Damage to the UCL is almost always because of overuse. Athletes often experiencing first a sharp and then a constant dulling pain. Complete tears though are very rare. Surgery being recommended as an option if a third or more of the ligament is torn. And I do want to encourage everybody as well, if you're interested in taking a closer look at what all this stuff looks like, please check out our Instagram page at I underscore on underscore IR. So the procedure itself takes about hour to an hour and a half, and it's really not anything too complicated. There's actually YouTube videos of it. If you're not too squeamish, I'd encourage you to check that out as well. It's really interesting. But similar to the discussion we had, if anyone listens to the the previous episode on Tua, you know, ligaments can't just regrow on their own. You, know, you can't just sew it up and reattach it. So something called a graft is used in this situation, which it's actually kind of a crazy concept, but a little piece of your tendon is removed from either the muscle in your thigh or your wrist. And then drilling a couple holes, you know, using a couple screws and anchors, the graft is secured to the normal attachment sites where the UCL would be found. And that's why rehabilitating from Tommy John is so difficult because you have to essentially train this muscle tendon to act as if it were a ligament. Now, once again, Tommy John, very common procedure in athletics today in sports medicine. 
but that doesn't mean it can't come with potential complications at the same time. So 85% of Tommy John procedures are classified as successful. And actually only 75% of professionals make it back to the major leagues after going undergoing Tommy John surgery. So this was actually pretty surprising to me at first. I, it felt like a really low number that one out of every four does not get back. But when you think about all the players who are, you know, barely scratching the surface, you know, struggling to get in bullpen, struggling to get innings in a major league team, I don't think it's the most surprising or alarming trait. And when you think about aces and very successful pitchers, you know, I'm sure we will see them all back. But a lot of this does depend on the rehabilitation process like we talked about. So right now there are three very well-established programs to rehab Tommy John surgery, all of which are, you know, pretty much the same core idea with slight variations on just minor details going on with them. So the first month or so is really working to regain range of motion. After that, next month or two, you work on strengthening. So third or fourth month, you can start tossing lightly and Obviously, provided that everything is still going well, there isn't pain, inflammation, anything like that. That's when you would enter the throwing program at the fourth or fifth month mark. And through this program, they are extremely specific um, on number of repetitions, um, gradually incorporating the wind up, building up distance, getting more repetitions every week. And full recovery is estimated to be about nine months total. Usually professionals take a year to a year and a half though. Plenty of pitchers are able to get back to that same pitch power that they had prior to the operation, but a lot of times it does take a couple of years and that first season back isn't quite the same in a lot of cases. Some notable players who have undergone Tommy John surgery and still went on to recover and have a successful career. Jacob deGrom, actually the first person to win a Cy Young award after undergoing Tommy John uh, had his operation in 2010. Steven Strasburg, needless to say, that guy's arm definitely works. World Series champion. Francisco Liriano, Nathan Avali, Adam Wainwright. One of the more famous examples as well as actually the only, as of now that is, the only Hall of Famer to have undergone Tommy John surgery in return. John Smoltz, he was a Cy Young winner in 96 with the Braves. Had his operation right before the 2000 season, missed, missed the 2000 season. Um, actually came back and transitioned to becoming a closer. Did pretty well at it. Transitioned back to a starter in the 2005 season. And his ERA is right on point with his career average. 2005, he has a 306. 06, he gets a 349. 07, a 311. He's an eight-time All-Star, four before his operation, four after. But at the same time, there's a decent list of players who really were never the same after their operation. Chances are you might not have heard of them just because they, needless to say, were not successful. But Mike Hampton had a great year in 99, went 22-4, and four, had Tommy John in 05, and really never returned to that same form. Um, Darren Dreifert, a good example, second overall pick in 93 behind A-Rod, um, had a couple good years, not great. The Dodgers splashed the cash on him, give him a five-year, 55 mil contract, 
he has Tommy John and starts 10 games for the rest of his career. We've also seen some players opt out of Tommy John surgery, though. Recently, Tanaka tore his UCL in 2014, but received PRP injections instead of the operation and recovered fully, going on to start two games just less than three months later. PRP isn't some kind of miracle drug, unfortunately, though, and I would not be talking about Tommy John right now if it was. So plasma is just the liquid portion of blood, and platelets are present within blood, but work with the immune system to create blood clots. So in order to carry out a PRP injection, blood is first drawn from someone and then separated into its different parts using a machine. And then this platelet-concentrated liquid is re-injected into the injured body part. And this is just hoping to gain a bigger response from your body's immune system than one would normally get in this area. So doctors actually recommended Tanaka take this route though, which probably means that the tear to UCL was probably somewhat insignificant. At the end of the day, unfortunately though, ligaments still cannot be regrown as much as athletes have tried to make this happen over the years. I'm a big soccer fan, so my favorite story about this probably comes from 2014 when Atletico Madrid striker Diego Costa tried to treat his torn hamstring before the Champions League final, the European Super Bowl basically, by going to a witch doctor and getting injections from a horse's placenta. Um, needless to say, it did not work or else we'd be hearing a lot more about horse placenta injections than we are right now. And uh, he did start the game and was subbed out after nine minutes. In a post-match interview, here's what Diego Costa had to say about the game. <laughs> but anyway, back on track. Ever since the first operation, Tommy John surgery has taken off. And recently, it's actually been increasing by 9% every year. This increasing rate, though, mainly comes from youth baseball, with competition continuously growing and youth baseball being played all year. Baseball faces a predicament, though, obviously wanting better players while risking losing them to injury for over a year at a time. In the future, I see a lot more effort being put on emphasizing the mechanics of pitching focusing on finishing the pitching motion with the hand in the palm down prone position to relieve stress on the UCL. To be honest though, unless something drastic changes, the rates of Tommy John surgery will continue to rise, just as we've seen recently with the procedures on Severino, Sale, and Syndergaard. So first off, just looking at these three pitchers in terms of age, Severino at 26, Syndergaard at 27, and Sale at 31 all should have a fine amount of time to come back from this procedure and still have you know, utmost success in their careers, especially as pitchers. Um, Sale, we could see take a little bit longer to come back um, just as a result of him being a little bit older. He also was the last one out of the three to get the operation done. Severino is about a month out now. Next up, looking at the three in terms of sort of a business standpoint, looking at their contracts. So Severino is on year three of a four-year, $40 million contract. So obviously he'll miss this season. And then next season, he'll come back. Like we said about first year back, you know, we it'll be interesting to see how things pan out. Um, is this a waste of money for the Yankees? Probably not. You know, 40 mil is 
today, not terrible. Syndergaard right now is on a one-year, $9.7 million contract. So the Mets just went ahead and flushed 10 mil down the drain. But um, we'll see what happens with his contract developments at the end of this season. Um, We could see teams be a little bit hesitant to sign someone coming off of Tommy John. Um, Whether he stays with the Mets, completely different conversation. Chris Sale on year two of a five-year, $145 million contract. Huge contract. Um, So obviously he will miss year two. Year three, we can assume probably won't be quite on the same level. Um, His first year last year, definitely not a tremendous year. 4-4 4-4 ERA, actually the only, or sorry, the first time since 2011 that he was not named an all-star, certainly relevant as well. But how much do the Red Sox need to get out of Chris Sale in those last three years of his contract to make it worth it, to make it worth that 145 mil? Now, you could definitely make the argument that he earned a decent amount of that money in the championship run of 2018, and I, I definitely would agree with that. But definitely an important angle to consider overall. So how do the Yankees, Mets, and Red Sox make out without these three aces? Well, the Yankees bringing in Garrett Cole certainly is not going to uh, harm the situation. And then between him, Paxton, Tanaka, and Hap, they are definitely in good shape. The Mets still have DeGrom. Stroman will move into the two spot. And then Steven Matz will have to carry a good amount of the weight as the third starting pitcher. But you know, I'll be curious to see how it works out. And then the Red Sox are really the team I'd be concerned about here. You know, dealing Mookie Betts took a lot of the spotlight away from their rotation issues this season. And, I mean, as of now, we're looking at Eduardo Rodriguez, Evaldi, and Martin Perez. Um, I mean, only one of your three top pitchers has an ERA under four. And that's Rodriguez with a 3-9 last season, that is, out of last season's numbers. Um, Evaldi had a 5-9 last season and Perez had a 5-1. So, I mean, definitely some improvements are needed, but it's certainly not impossible. And, you know, overall, just be curious to see how things play out. And then definitely worth mentioning as well, with everything going on with COVID-19, the coronavirus, having a little bit more time for these athletes to recover certainly is not going to harm them either. We do also see Sale and Syndergaard in particular catch a decent amount of backlash for going through with this surgery right now. Obviously, Tommy John is not an essential surgery. And in the middle of a pandemic, there's a lot of people out there who could use this medical equipment and space more so than two prime athletes. But at the same time, it's definitely a toss up because that long road to recovery that one and a half years before they'll realistically be playing again doesn't start until the surgery happens. So thank you all for tuning in again today. My name is Liam Smith. I am not a doctor. I am once again your host of the Eye on IR podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode exploring Tommy John surgery. Please feel free to reach out to me with any questions, comments, concerns, and make sure you tune in soon for all the injury updates right here. Man, let's get medicated. Let's get medicated.